Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And it's not just about the gardening world, it's also about the green industry, which I'm always going on about. Yes, I'm Melanie Walker, and this is the place where you can learn how to be a much more environmentally conscious person and a much nicer green person as well. One of the things I've noticed coming up in social media and in the news recently, or well, on those times when I decide that I'll actually spend money on bits of paper that tell me not a whole lot, um, is that we are all looking at the big issue of pollution and especially when it comes to things like single-use plastics and I got a little bit upset the other day when I saw that you know people are doing all this good and you know oh we can you know do something about this and make eco bricks and upcycle and recycle and then and then some get there's no other word for it went and put their oh shame you people you people you must just go and hug a tree and I'm thinking of course we must go and hug a tree. In fact, why don't you? So many of them are dying, specifically in Johannesburg, that I think it's a perfectly good reason to go and do it. But I, I had to restrain myself from actually going and schooling the person, but hopefully somebody else will do it. But this is going to be a place where we can give you a bit of schooling on what you can do to make yourself more ecologically and environmentally friendly and conscious. So to talk to us about upcycling, recycling, and the difference thereof. We've got Yasmin Mimic, who's the Managing Director of Five Inc. in studio with me. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Thanks, Mel, and hi. Hi to all your listeners. Okay, so first of all, I want to know about you. Where, what is your background? What is Five Inc.? All right, so Five Inc. was born from the fact that I am an environmentalist. 20 years ago, I did an environmental degree in the UK, mm-hmm. um, environmental management and third world development, actually. But I never practiced it. It was the UK and I came back to South Africa and I would have had to study again to to actually practice in the field. And I decided I, I couldn't do that. I've mm. done many degrees and done had lots of deviations. And so I didn't practice environmentally, but I did work in BE. And I was a BE consultant and a BE trainer. And a big part of BE socioeconomic development, which is where you give assistance to unemployed people. Companies actually use a percentage of their profits to support unemployed people, to give them training and to give them income generating opportunities. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I was actually thinking, I had been in BE for 11 years or so, and I needed a new direction. But socioeconomic development was my passion. Yes. And thinking about how to how to help people create an income, not in the normal way. So typically what companies do is they support hospices and they support nursery schools and the you know NGOs and so on. And it's not actually directly making an, an impact. And somebody had posted something on Facebook about 100 tons of wooden pallets a month or some ridiculous amount. And I actually had thought wooden pallets we can teach people to make something and and that's where five ink was born it was the marriage of my environmental concerns mm-hmm. with my be knowledge and so what five ink does at the moment is we teach unemployed people to make saleable products from corporate waste material so we will go to a corporate client and say what is your waste problem it could be wood it could be pallets it could be it's very rarely plastic mm. because let's say you have Coca-Cola, the, the plastic problem is being passed on to the consumer. So exactly. Coca-Cola is not having plastic on its own. It's 
packaging material, it's leather offcuts, those sort of things. So what are you doing with the material? It's even clothing, shockingly, mm-hmm. in some instances. What do you do with it? You send it to landfill or you send it for recycling. But you also have BE imperative. So you have a BE target. And so marry the two together. Use the money. Nobody wants to pay to have their waste material and their waste problems sorted out. Mm. So every corporate company is happy to say, sure, take your material. Take my material. Use it for your programs. But actually, why should we pay for it? And this way, they can say, we have a spend target in terms of BE, which is for unemployed people. So put the two together. And so that's where Five Inc. was born. And we run programs now where we would go to a client, use their specific waste material, and in some instances, a specific community. So if a, if a, a corporate is working in Mpumalanga, for instance, mm-hmm. on a mine, let's say, and they, they need to beneficiate the community in which their project sits, they will tell us that we need to find beneficiaries within the, their community or we will have our own beneficiaries that we work with on a regular basis here. So the idea is that we, we take the waste material, we find a trainer. First, we have to develop a product based mm. on the waste problem, on the, on the material. Find a trainer to teach them woodworking or sewing or welding or whatever the case may be, what, depending on the product that we've, we've designed. The company then would buy the products back as corporate gifting. So that already is an income-generating stream. Mm. They buy corporate gifts. We market the product as corporate gifts to other clients, and the beneficiaries themselves can sell them. We, we do corporate market days, and we, we do supply development conferences, and we sell the products. So that also shows the beneficiaries that they can do the same thing. They can have markets in their areas. They can find clients. And the waste material is a, a constant resource for them, a constant free resource. But it sounds like it's a win-win-win situation. I mean, it's, it's a win for all the companies, and it's definitely a win for the various uh, places that you're actually doing the work with, and, and the upskilling as well as the right. upscaling and the up-marketing of all of these things. Right. So, I mean, I've I found that one of the things I've loved about Africa is the, the way that people's minds are so innovative in taking things and thinking, how can we, we do in Africa, we yes, work we very do. differently in our way of dealing with problems to the rest of the world. We do. And we have a lot of creativity mm. in Africa. I think it's born out of necessity. You know, if I have orange bags, what can I do with it you know, in terms of the wire baskets and, and those things that are produced? It's when you don't have a material mm. that you can just go and buy, you look at using what you have. It, it definitely is a win-win for everybody. The problem is that we are saying to companies, you need to to marry your environmental concerns with your BE concerns. Mm. And usually they already have BE product um, projects running. So you'll have the BE manager who's really invested in a nursery school, for instance, mm. and really wants to support that nursery school. And so we'll drive that agenda. That's one challenge. The other challenge is that the BE department is not necessarily speaking to the sustainability department. And so to get the two managers together mm. to say, you know what, let's come up with solutions. So we are early in the process in getting companies to buy into this. Every company that we've approached is more than happy to give us their, 
their waste. But this is one way of also then getting the population to follow suit. And this is one Absolutely. thing, obviously, I mean, you, I'm sure you monitor Facebook and social yes. media all the time to see what people are talking about. So how, first of all, how much waste does South Africa actually generate? And how do we compare with the rest of the world when it comes to how much we throw away? Right. We ge- so the estimates are about 98 million tons a year of mm. waste, uh, and that's made up of organic and, and inorganic waste, and it includes building rubble and, and that sort of thing. We, we recycle 10% of that. Only and we 10%. compare ourselves to generally 70% is the average in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. The States is slightly lower. The Asian countries are, are ahead of us. They, they're more advanced, but still not up at the, the 80%. Or the absolute pinnacle is Sweden, who ex- imports waste because they don't have waste, but everybody recycles everything. So our our figure of ten percent, which is nine point eight million tons, is absolutely shocking. And actually, I looked at a figure this morning of we are throwing away about eighty billion rands worth of usable material. Mm. So we're sending it to landfill when it can be reused and it has a value, a rand value of 80 billion rand to the economy. And that's shocking. Aside from the the landfill issue, and we're running out of landfill space mm. in South Africa. I mean, the estimates are six or seven, in six or seven years, we're going to have run out of landfill space. We are taking money out of the economy, which could be flowing into a very stressed economy at the moment. Mm. So we're not doing well as corporate South Africa and not as individuals either. You know, it's become very trendy to talk about single-use plastic Mm. at the moment. And that's great because it means that people are suddenly aware and they are aware of of, um, sea creatures dying because of the plastic and rivers being being clogged up and so on. So it's starting the conversation. Yes. But we're very far behind the rest of the world. I mean, we're about 20 to 25 years behind the rest of the world. So we're going to have to go like tidal wave at the we moment to, to get people. really quick about this. But it is changing. I am seeing so much more of it. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people listening at the moment and going, uh, well, I'm making an eco brick with the stuff that I'm not throwing away. So, I mean, how can I make a bigger difference? And, and I think that's what it boils down to is the amount of wastage, especially I'd say in the northern suburbs, where people are just so used to consume, 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 don't think about recycling, don't recycle their paper, don't recycle anything, just throw everything away. Where they have two or three black wheelie bins every week that they're putting out, instead of maybe a half a shopping bag. Um, How do we get those people more invested in the whole thing? So if we've seen on social media, when we're looking at something that really catches people's sympathy it catches the imagination like with when you see a whale being cut up and it's it's full of plastic it's yeah. full of plastic or a turtle that can't breathe suddenly people start to think okay well this is actually a problem mm. we need to have more of that we need to drive that message more and it's not simply the the marine mammals that are suffering you know if you look at our rivers are, are clogged but even with our landfill space, we've had listeriosis, mm. right? That was germs being spread. The more we send to landfill and the more is going into the ground, the more is leaching into groundwater, the more the chances are that we actually are going to be getting sicker. We are already getting sicker. We're getting more cancers. And that's being attributed to more plastic in mm. what we ingest. If, we, if you think about a tea bag, for instance, contains plastic particles it does 
apparently so. <laughs> so I'm just, I've started to become aware of that and so I'm desperately searching for tea leaves. So it has a direct impact on our health. It has an impact on the economy in terms of increased health care, increased medical aid bills. Mm. People need to see that it's not something that's outside of you. It's not the tree hugger, mm. right? It's not their problem. It's also not their, their issue to solve. It's for all of us because it impacts all of us. Mm. And so everybody who is already aware of recycling and the need for recycling needs to be driving the message home in a, in a greater way, in a, a more urgent way. What, what are the things that can't be recycled? I mean, I'm, I know that, you know, I sit there and I've got a drying rack just for Glad Wrap. That's, you know, things have been packaged in. So everything gets washed and hung up and then shoved into bottles and stamped down and taken right. off to a recycling right. spot. But what, are, what kind of things can you really just not recycle? So that's actually one of my pet hates, cling wrap, because we use so much of it. Definitely that styrofoam containers. You know how you buy oh. absolutely everything in a styrofoam tray and I a little styrofoam to, package. Everywhere I go, I refuse to actually, like I say, no, no, no. I, I'll, I'd rather take a little Tupperware around with me and I put things yes. into Tupperwares. My kids know that they don't get to use things that aren't, can, can't be washed right. to take to school even. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So the styrofoam, uh, tin foil can't be. We have, um, you were talking about espresso and the, the coffee pods, mm -hmm. e those cannot be recycled because they also turn foil. And that's become a huge problem because it's so trendy to use a coffee pod to make your, yeah. your design Can you coffee. Not, can't you put those into your, your eco bricks? You can put them into the eco bricks, but yeah. remember that's not recycling it. It's stashing it away for, for future we'll, we'll use. We'll get onto that right. as well, yeah. Um, but are we talking about things that can't go through a process to become something of the same yes. of the same value or the same type of article? Uh, disposable coffee cups is at the moment there's only one company in South Africa that are doing that, mm -hmm. and it's a very expensive process. So they had to import really expensive machinery from the UK. And the the problem with the coffee cup is that it has two parts to it: it's paper and it's plastic. Mm. And so they needed specialized machinery. So all of those things that we are using on a daily basis that, that we think make us trendy mm. and give us status are actually being really detrimental to the environment because all they're doing is they're being sent to landfall. Well, hello. I don't drink coffee. I'm going to be <laughs> one of those people. And anyway, we are going to get into talking about the difference between upcycling and recycling because I think there's a lot of confusion that surrounds that. Yasmin, what is the actual difference between upcycling and recycling? I know there is a difference. Most people will say reuse, recycle, re-whatever, um, but they don't think about what it actually means in the different contexts. So recycling is taking materials and creating more of the same material. So it's breaking down and degrading a material, for instance, an aluminium can, into its component parts into its raw material to create another aluminium can. Mm -hmm. There's an energy cost to recycling. There is no energy cost to upcycling. So what it is, is taking a product using the same product, either the whole of the product or a component of the product to make another product. So like taking paper and mushing it down and then making paper again. Yes. But that can only happen so, like about eight times or something. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. and then the, the quality is so degraded mm. that you can't use it as paper again. It's in a way the same thing because you're taking paper and you're making paper. Mm. 
in upcycling, you're taking paper and you're making a paper product. So it would be the difference between paper to paper and paper to papier-mâché, for instance. Okay. And you would be using the papier-mâché to make something else. Or in the aluminium can example, and that's a very good example because you're always creating a new aluminium can out of a Coke can, for instance. You're not creating anything else. That's mm. recycling. Upcycling is taking an aluminium can and making maybe a planter. Or a windmill. Or a windmill. <laughs> or as my or dad used to do with them, making aeroplanes. <laughs> yes. So the yeah. ones that you see on the side of the road, yes. for instance, that's upcycling. And that's the essential difference. And the, in terms of, of importance to the environment, they both have a place, mm. right? Absolutely, they both have a place. Recycling uses energy. So if you want to make a, a, another aluminum can, you're breaking it down, which is an energy process. And then you're creating another in, um, aluminum can, which is another energy process. And so we're not just looking at the the impact of the aluminium. Mm. We're looking at the impact of the energy use, the fossil fuel use, and the emissions that are created by the process. Upcycling is taking that product using nothing but human endeavor and mm. human effort to create something else. And that has a positive um, impact in that you it has a, a creative component to it. So you're sparking people's creativity and you're getting people to say, well, let me look at this. What can I make that I can reuse in its original form? Mm. And that's the essential difference between the two. But I, one thing I'm, I'm kind of amazed with is that there's so many people out there who are thinking, well, this is not my problem. I have all this stuff. I don't care. I pay my rates and taxes. I pay people to come and take my rubbish away. They must sort it out. It's up to the government. I'm getting to the stage where I think that people need to start realizing that you can't wait for council or government to do these things for you. In fact, we all have to take responsibility for actually making sure these things happen. And it, it doesn't seem to be happening as fast as it should. And especially in this day and age, I find that quite frightening. Are you finding, though, with the companies that they're getting more readily on board, whereas before they would have gone, oh, it's not our problem? So it's a slow process. We are having companies who are very advanced. And horrible as this may be to say, they're usually companies who have an overseas head office mm -hmm. or an overseas branch where the, the need for recycling has been driven for a long time. As I said, 20 to 25 years, companies mm. overseas have been knowing about having to, to recycle. We have an apathy in this country. And you are right. We all look at this as a, it's a government initiative. They must sort out the problem. If we have no landfall space, they need to find new landfall space or create new landfall space. It's the same with, with corporate South Africa. We don't, as corporates, do anything unless we are forced to do and the force, the, the stick, is coming in the form of carbon tax, which happens mm. on the 1st of June. And so companies are having to think about all of their processes. And we're starting to have bigger conversations about a circular economy, for instance. And a circular economy is taking all of the components that you manufacture and that you use in your manufacturing process and reuse it. And so companies are starting to be aware of not just sending their, their material off to landfall. But we do have the problem that this is a struggling economy. Companies have many taxes that mm. they have to pay. And so to say to them that you actually do also have to pay to have your material recycled is almost a step too far. Mm. And so the state of the economy also has a very big role to play in this. 
if companies were all financially sound and we were all growing and we knew where we were going, then, then you had the luxury almost of paying for recycling. At the moment, companies are aware that they need to recycle, but the cost of it is a challenge. And I think it's also the cost which is being passed on to consumers. Um, I mean, I, I walk into many shops and I said, why have they put that in plastic? I mean, there's even that the ridiculous thing where the people have taken an orange, peeled it, and then put it into a plastic container and yes. sold it. And like, it comes in its own container. Yes. Why are you doing that? You're actually now allowing germs to get into the actual fruit, whereas before it would have been fine. I mean, that is, that is ludicrous, okay? <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't happen here in South Africa. But surely we as individuals could also turn around and say, well, we're not going to buy your products if you insist on putting it in so much packaging. And that was one of the big bug bears I had with some of several of the fast food chains mm. going up onto Northcliffe Hill to go and enjoy the sunset one day and there were just packets and bags and containers all with the one logo and I thought well I'd actually boycotted this company since ni 1983 because they were killing off rainforests that was in England before they came to South Africa right. and I'd, I just thought I'm going to continue with my boycott and I've been boycotting this particular fast food outlet since 1983 because of their packaging right so if everybody had that way of thinking and said we're not going to buy it because it's in packaging a pair of secateurs for instance does not need to be in plastic yes so why do the people insist on putting it into it it's a cost to the company it must, it's a cost to the environment, and obviously that cost is being passed on to the consumer as well. Absolutely. We, we use a lot of extra packaging that we don't need. You're absolutely right about this. And it comes back to the apathy issue, mm. where corporates are apathetic, um, private individuals are apathetic as well. I don't need to think about the fact that when I go into Woolworths, my avocado is in a plastic container, in a, a, a cling film wrap. Mm. I don't think about that. And then when I chuck it in the bin, I don't think about that as well. And it is, partly it is a government issue because we haven't had that message driven by government ever. Mm. Now we're starting to talk about recycling, but even in such a low-key way, and it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen in any case. You know, we say, government says, put out your recycling in a clear plastic bag and we'll collect it. And I know in my area, and I think we live in the same area, it doesn't always happen. It's not taken away. Uh, ours is very good. I mean, we're, uh, Parkhurst is a very kind of, was one of those, I, I don't know, the hub for a lot of new innovations right. that are happening. And it does work. And But uh, I mean, there was that whole thing that happened with the informal recyclers who'd come around. Right. And they were generally pretty good. They weren't throwing rubbish on the floor. They were taking what they needed. I knew they were coming even before we got the bags to put out. Right. So I'd wash everything out not leaving dirty stuff, you yeah. know. But then there were people who were trying to close down the, the entrepreneur waste, whatever, waste entrepreneurs. Mm. And I'm sitting and thinking, how could you go and do something where these people are trying to do something good yeah. and you suddenly, oh, because well, you didn't come up with that idea and now suddenly you must close it down. Fortunately, that didn't go through and they're still doing it. But it is nice, it is heartening to see that people are actually doing this now yeah. and that they're getting on board with the, the, the guys come around first and they take what they want, and then the council will come and pick up whatever's left over. Right. But I think people are still a little bit confused as to what they should be putting out and you know, what kind of state they should have it in. Like just taking off the, the plastic on the outside of a right. plastic bottle 
taking the lid off. I know I'm going to bring all my lids yeah. to you because there's other places that will take these things as well. Yes. And it's, it's a case of finding out who will take what, isn't right. it? Yeah, absolutely. So just to go back to the, the waste pickers and the, the council, yes, there, is, there has been a message. In my area, mm. it, the, the clear plastic bags are often not delivered and they're not taken away. We have the waste pickers, but people don't even put out the way you do. They don't separate their waste for them. So we have guys who are having to dig through the bins, and they do create a mess. It's a horrible job. I'm sure they don't want to spend any more time doing it than they have to, and so there's a mess created, and so then the community complains about Mm. it. That's the one aspect. And yes, people are amazingly still confused about how to recycle. In, in this day and age where information is available everywhere, I do see on social media people saying, so what do I do with my plastics and, and do I wash it beforehand? Mm. But that's an education issue again. I, I lived in the UK 20 years ago and, and was recycling yes. passionately We've at the been time. Doing it, yeah. right? But it was a government initiative. You were told that you had to do it and the recycling facilities were made available everywhere. And now it's become not a carrot but a stick approach. So if you don't recycle, you get a fine. Mm. right? If you And especially around Europe, around my in-laws live in, in Austria and they are so hardcore about it that you know that if somebody sees that you have recyclable material in your rubbish, they're going to report you and you're going to get a fine. We don't have that. We're Even not there now, yet. I, get, I actually, if I go out somewhere, I, I end up coming home with a bag full of rubbish because I'm going to recycle oh it when gosh, I get home. I do that. Because I don't want to throw anything into the bins. And I know that you, you're having the same problem as me with space. Yes. Of how to keep all our recyclable materials in, in our little homes. Exactly. And that's another point also is that it's uncomfortable. All right. You need to have some way to put your recyclables until you can have it taken mm. away or that you actually take it to the dump. I take my my stuff to the dump every Saturday morning, but that means I have to make time for it. And until I get there, and some Saturdays I don't, and so it collects for a couple of weeks. But it should be a part of everybody's everyday lifestyle, honestly. It should be. But as South Africans, we don't like to be uncomfortable, and we don't like to be inconvenienced in any way. So I don't want to have recyclable stuck lying around somewhere or a recycling bin lying around somewhere and then have to take it away to the dump because, oh, my goodness, that's such an effort, you know. Um, I do it, and I'm like you. I feel really guilty, and I do bring rubbish home. But not everybody has – not everybody is at that stage yet. We, we have a way to go mm. before people are feeling the same way. And the, a lot of it is just – us as individuals have to help to drive this message home. So how can people then find out, say, through you, I mean, what they can do, how they can become more aware of what they should be doing, where they can get resources on where to get the information they need to, I mean, first of all, when I was, I was thinking, where do I take my eco bricks to? Right. Because it wasn't a lot, of, right. a lot of information. So we have a Facebook page, which is um, Five Inc. on Facebook. And we, we publish articles and we have resources. We've had uh, a post about how to make an eco brick, mm. and that was a good point about where to put it. We haven't posted that. But we have that kind of information available. We are also on our website, on our Five Inc. website. We have information, but all of our contact details are there, and people are, are more than welcome to give me a call. This is, as you can probably guess, my hobby horse. I'm quite happy to say <laughs> just don't throw things in the bin contact us and you can bring it to me although I don't know how my son would feel about that <laughs> or we'll tell you where to take where it where to take it that's the to. thing so it's the number five and then inc yes dot coza right. dot coza fantastic so I mean I mean I just sit there and think 
we need to do this. We can't wait for other people to do it. We are going to smother in our own waste. We are going to kill this world. And, I mean, people think I'm completely loony whenever I go on holiday anywhere. I go down to the beach and I take plastic bags with me. And I walk up and down the beach and I pick up every single Fantastic. piece of plastic I find. Fantastic. And they all look at me as, but then I don't know where to take it. Right. <laughs> so there are actually really innovative companies. Mm. We have to start looking out for them. There are companies who are doing amazing things in terms of, of both recycling and upcycling. And talking about uh, beach waste, I was in Durban recently and there's a coffee company where you bring them a bag of waste and you get a free cappuccino. Keep your eyes peeled for those kind of companies. They exist. They're in small pockets. Yeah. They are new. They deserve all of the support. Keep your eyes peeled. You'll find them once you start wanting to find them. Well, I wish that somebody would say, oh, you bring me your waste and I'll give you a free beetroot juice. I'd be very happy about that. But you I think be that person. <laughs> I'll be that person. Otherwise, you can give me some water and then I'll take the bottle and I'll go and recycle it and make an, an eco brick from it. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I mean, as I said, um, if you want to find out, if you do care about your environment, then... Yasmin has said that you can get hold of her. You've had all the details and uh, you can keep checking it out. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Thanks, Melanie. It was and a great pleasure. Whenever you get any new things happening, let me know and we we'll tell the people about it. We definitely will. Thank all you right. so much. Well, there we have it. There's no excuse, people. You need to get on board with this because otherwise I'm going to find you with the stick like the English <laughs> government are doing and the European governments. But until then, get out into garden, see how you can upcycle instead of going out and buying new and refuse to buy anything which is in too much plastic packaging. I'll catch you again next time. Until then, stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.